0: Just normal life without the events of 2020 that have turned everything crazy. Just the normal events of life. There's um, the whole process of kids and grandkids and and life and work and changing jobs and making ends meet. And, and all of the things of life. It's easy for us to get so wrapped up in life that we don't even think about, God, what are you doing in my life? It's almost like, God, help me with this. And indeed, God is here to help us, but that's not the purpose of God to help us with life. We're, we're here for Him. And, and in our, in our book, the lesson that we've been on is the daily walk with Jesus. And, and in order to, to fully comprehend that and to be able to properly answer what is God doing in my life, we need to stop and, and go back and check Okay, what was the purpose of Jesus? And some of this is in review, but it's important for us to realize this. First of all, Jesus came to forgive our sin. So, I'm not going to go into great detail, but our major problem in life is sin. And Jesus came, the only solution... Jesus came to forgive our sin. And He also came to change our eternal destiny. So, think with me for a moment here. Um, Our sin deals with our past. Jesus came to deal with our sin, forgive our sin... Deal with our past. He also then came not just to forgive our sin; he came to to change our eternal destiny. That deals with our future. So, um, in our in the New Morning Mercies book, you'll read often he'll refer to um, something in in regard to. Um, our past, and, and what is coming in the future. And then he'll call us back to, but what about now? God isn't just for our sin, our past, and he's not just here to give us a home in heaven, our future. He's here to deal with our personal life here. And that's the third thing. Our past, our sin, Jesus Christ came to forgive our sin. He came to change our eternal destiny from hell to heaven. And thirdly, He came to bring us to a personal relationship with God. He came to give us this personal relationship with God. Trusting Jesus is not simply a decision to ask Him for the forgiveness of sins. It's a call to follow Him for a lifetime. It's a call to follow Him from our past all the way through until we get to eternity. And too often... We think of Jesus and we limit Him, in, and I say that respectfully, but to forgiving our sins and taking us to heaven. But He wants to bring a change in our life right now. Jesus doesn't simply save us from God's judgment. He saves us for something now. He has a purpose for us. Now, He wants to to use us now. He saves us for living a a whole new life. Yeah, forgive our sins. Now, I want to make a new life here. I want to give you a new life. And He doesn't just send us out with a, a packet of principles and promises He doesn't just give us a road map, so to speak, or a GPS to guide us through um, this life. No, He gives us Himself. And He wants it in a personal relationship, and he, He wants to shepherd us. You don't just leave sheep to find their way in the world. Sheep are famous for getting lost for being easy prey for wild animals, for going places where they shouldn't. And that is why sheep need a shepherd. <coughs> and understanding God knows we are sheep. And He didn't just forgive our sin and then say, okay, there you go. He said, I now want you to be in a personal relationship with me i want to shepherd you and guide you through the the trials of this life through the difficulties of this life through the uncertainties of this life he said i want to be the shepherd i i brought you to a personal relationship with me and it's something that it's a process it's a it's a learn growth that we we all our life, we ought to be growing in wisdom and stature and favor with God. And, and it ought to be, I mean, this is the exciting part about it. We can grow closer to God all our life. Amen. And, and not only that, He came to forgive sins. He came to change our eternal destiny. He brings us to a personal relationship with God, and fourthly, He begins a work of transformation in our personal lives. So, the minute you got saved, God begins a work of transform, transformation in our lives. It's a, this is the ministry of the Spirit. Turn to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. We'll get back to Ephesians 4 here in just a minute, but John chapter 14, and notice if you'd look in verse 15, If you love Me, keep My commandments, and I will pray the Father, and He will give you another Helper, that He may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells in you and will be in you. And I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So Jesus is saying. And he said in John 16 as well. It is expedient for you that I go. Because. When I go, I am going to give you this, my spirit. He's known as the helper. He's known as the comforter. He's known as the counselor. And, and he said, I am giving the spirit of God to you. And he is going to begin a work of transformation in your life. And He is going to start shaping you and molding you to the image of God to make us more like Jesus Christ. And so He gives us His counselor. Imagine with me that your spouse or a friend of yours said, (coughs) I think you need some help. I think you need some counseling, so I've arranged for it. Tomorrow morning at 9.30, you have an appointment with this counselor. What would your, re- what would your reaction be to that? Um, most people would be pretty defensive. I need help. You're the one that needs help. You know, we'd, we'd be pretty defensive about it. But God knew that we needed a personal counselor, and He gave us His Spirit. Not just to save us from our sin and change our eternal destiny and bring us to a relationship, but now He says, we're, we're going to do a makeover here. We're going to make you what I designed you to be. What you were designed to be was hijacked by sin. And sin has reigned and ruled in your life. And now I'm going to work and make you what I designed you to be. And it's through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And this is the ministry that Paul is alluding to in in Ephesians chapter 4. So back to Ephesians chapter 4. In verse 17, he says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. So he's writing to believers. He said, Jesus Christ has forgiven your sins, He's changed your eternal destiny, He's brought you to a relationship with Jesus Christ. And he's given you his spirit to begin a work of transformation. And so it's, it's <clears throat> he's with exclamation, he's saying, Don't go walking like the heathen do. Don't go living like the heathen do. Don't go living like you did before all of these things changed in Jesus Christ. So that's what he's saying don't don't be don't be living as though nothing has changed in your life so he's he's going into a situation here that deals with our personal walk but what we've looked at first of all is what Jesus Christ has done Jesus Christ forgave our sins changed our eternal destiny brought us to a relationship with God and began a work of transformation. All of those are the works of God. But now Paul is going in to what is our responsibility. And now he's saying, okay, we rest in the fact, every promise of your word, we're resting in the fact of these promises of of the truth of God's word. And we're rejoicing in that. But he said, now it's your responsibility. It's your responsibility, (coughs) he says, that you no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. So he he's saying here that don't walk as the Gentiles walk. And he goes in and he, he breaks down why they walk this way. In the futility, the vanity of their mind. It's the same, same word that's used in Ecclesiastes. Vanity of vanity. It's just a waste. And why are they walking in that? Verse, he goes on. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the, from the life of God. So, they are alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. So, here they are alienated from the life of God because they don't know about God. Because of the blindness of their heart. And so, they are hardened in their sin and they go live to the appetites of their flesh. He said, that's not you. That shouldn't be you. You know God through Jesus Christ. And he says, you have the Spirit of God dwelling in you, and he is giving you discernment. This is right. This is wrong. This is what you need to do. And he says, this is now what you must do. And so he's going to give us Three practical things that we must do. He says in verse 20, But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard Him and have been taught by Him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off. Here's the first thing. Don't live as the heathen. Now put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. So he says the first thing that we need to do, we must put off the old ways of self. In the text of what he's writing to the Ephesians, he makes it clear that salvation and sanctification are a work of God, but they require our response. And our response is, Here's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit starts doing a work in our lives, and He points out, this is a work of the old, old nature. This is a work of sin. And we now have a choice. Literally, it means to take it off, to put it off, as if you took off a garment. Is literally what He's saying. He's saying, in In us, we have the old nature. And and the terms that he uses here are a continual thing. We have to continually be putting off the old nature. And it's the Holy Spirit of God that is going to teach us. That attitude was not right. That's what you need to put off. We're not going to go in and look at it, but... In, in verse 25, he gives some specific examples. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man the truth one to another. And he gives some examples all the way into Ephesians chapter 6. But the Christian life, Jesus has done all these things that we've mentioned, but the Christian life to us, we need to keep putting off. That's one thing that we need to do. I get weary of putting off, but you have to keep doing it. I get weary that my old flesh keeps keeps sticking its ugly head up. To me, one of the joys of heaven is going to be there's no more battle with the old nature. The old nature... The songwriter said, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. And and it is, but <clears throat> you can't be weary in it. I mean, we can be weary in it, but we can't quit. We have to keep putting our off because this this is a traitor that lives within us. He will betray us, our old nature, and we need to put off the old man. And then you notice what he says in verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So we put off the old ways of the flesh, and we keep doing that. And then we must renew our mind. We renew our mind only through the Word of God. It is, well, turn to Romans chapter 12. Paul, again, writing, shares with them this same truth. (coughs) And see, this is the daily walk with God. Romans 12, you're familiar with it. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Don't be conformed. In Romans, Paul says this. In Ephesians, He said, don't walk like the Gentiles walk. Don't walk like the heathen walk. In Romans, he says, be transformed. How am I transformed? By the renewing of my mind. And it's through the Word of God, saturating in the Word of God, that I renew my mind. And and honestly... If we are not going to the Word and running the Word through our lives consistently and often and, and meditating on the Word, our mind will go right back to the old nature. Our mind will go right back to the old ways because that's what comes naturally. This last week, when, when you're feeling lousy, you don't feel like reading or anything and and when I started feeling a little better i i um i thought my attitude's not real good it wasn't it wasn't i wasn't complaining that I had it it just kind of you know you're getting that you know and i and, and it wasn't necessarily I'm hoping nobody else noticed it but in my spirit there was just this, you know what I'm saying and and I thought man and and when you when you have that can you all relate to this you know when you have that you kind of embrace it a little bit that's that's what that's what this old nature does. And and I it hit me. You know what? I haven't been renewing my mind. Well, isn't there some sort of residual effect of last week I was renewing my mind and shouldn't it carry over? Nope. Yesterday's grace isn't sufficient for today's need. And we need... <coughs> the sooner we realize, man, I, my heart will betray me. God, I need you. The sooner we realize how desperately we need my mind renewed because my mind is corrupt. My mind will go the wrong way. And... And it needs renewed, renewed, renewed. And this is what Paul's saying. He's saying, don't walk in the same old way. You're going to have to put it off and you're going to have to keep renewing your mind. It's through the word. I mean, we, we don't have personal devotions just because that's a spiritual discipline. It's our lifeblood. It is, it, we won't survive without it or we'll act like we're surviving but inwardly we're you know and and we're we're not walking in the victory so he says you must renew your mind and then back in Ephesians again <coughs> and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and then and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness Put off the old ways of the self, be renewed in your mind, and put on the new ways of Christ. We must live applying the truth in every situation we face. So, I'm renewing my mind through the Word of God, but I take the truth of God's Word and I apply it to my life situation. When the car breaks down, I'm applying this truth. When, when things are going well, I'm applying this truth. When there's trouble in the home, what does, what does God's Word say? How I'm supposed to respond to this. And, and Paul makes it very specific And as we said, beginning in verse 25, and we're not going to look at that this morning, all the way down through verse 9 of chapter 6. When you face temptation in life, you can respond the old way by the old man, or if you have been renewing your mind, you will have the strength in the inner man To put on the ways of Christ. See, for too many times in Christianity, it's been, don't do this, don't do this, put off that. It's not just put off those things, don't do these things. It's We don't do these things because there's something better that I can do. And I put on. We create a vacuum if all we do is put off. We need to put on. We need, it's a principle of replacement. God always talks about this. To replace this. Put off the works of darkness. And put on the armor of light. And, and in realizing this, and, and in understanding this is the battle. This is the daily walk, okay? What is God doing in your life? We, we began this morning. Well, yeah, he's forgiven your sins. That's the past and the present. He's changed your eternal destiny. But now he's brought you to this personal relationship. And he is at work in your life to transform your personal life, to make you like Christ so that wherever you go, people could see a little of Christ's nature. What this world desperately needs is more examples of Christ. And that's what the Holy Spirit is trying to do in our life. And in every event in life, He is using it to teach us to put off the old man, to renew our minds through the Word of God, and to put on the new way, the the ways of Christ. This isn't the way I normally respond. This is the new way. It ought to be, as we grow in the Lord, the way we normally respond because we're renewing our mind over and over again and this is how we respond because this is what a Christian does. But see, right now, we're between the past and eternity. We're in this life right now. And God is at work in your life to mold you and shape you and make you more like Christ. But you need to be listening to the Spirit of God to put off the old, the old ways. You need to be renewing your mind and then allowing the Spirit of God to empower you to put on the new ways. Elizabeth Elliot, whose husband was murdered with the Aka Indians when they went there to take the gospel, and she later went back and took the gospel to them and saw (coughs) a great revival there in Ecuador among those Indians. She said, God will never protect you from anything that will make you more like Jesus. Think of that. What is God doing in your life? The overall thing is He's at work to make me more like Jesus. He is at work to make you know. That is, God said, I began a good work in you and I am going to perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. If you trusted Christ as your Savior, God's put you on His um, potter's wheel and He's going to mold and shape and He's going to sprinkle some water on you to soften you up. And He's going to push some pressure to shape you and mold you. And, and you know, as a believer, it is God's will to make you like Christ. And He will never protect you from anything that will make you more like Jesus. But everything that comes into our life, it's our choice. Am I going to put off the old ways find out what God's mind is, renew my mind, and then obey God. See, I really believe that many times we as Christians are in this this present now, this present world, but we're not marching to the same beat of Jesus. He's wanting to make us like Christ. He's wanting... And He's given us everything. He's given us His Word. He's given us His Spirit. He's forgiven our sins. We don't have to worry about eternity. I mean, that's guaranteed. The best is yet to come. Okay, God. What is it you want for me now? And so God puts you in this situation. And our, our question ought to be, God, what will honor you through this? What would... Jesus do in this situation and and it's realizing I can't do that unless I'm renewing my mind so I want to I want to encourage us it's this daily walk with God because it's it's lining up with him and saying okay today what are you going to do in my life to make me more like you Jesus I I want to submit to you. It's a submission. It's letting Him back to that again. Letting Him write the script. Letting Him do His work. But this is what God wants. He wants to make us like Christ. And whatever comes into our life, that's His purpose. And if our desire is god I want to go along with your plan and your program, God's going God's to gonna lead us. God's going to empower us. But it, it won't happen if we neglect the Word. It won't happen if we cling to our old ways. It won't happen if we don't take the steps of action to be doers of the Word and not hearers only. So, you know, to me, it's a great, great, exciting time Living in the present because God's at work in us. He's on the throne. We already know how it ends. It's great. We already know our sins are forgiven. So, God, work it out. I want to be more like you. I want, I want to be like you. In a little bit, we're going to sing the song, O oh, great God, occupy my heart. See, that, that's what it is, that, that we could be <coughs> little, little examples of the great work of God in our lives changing us to be what He designed us to be. And that's that personal walk with God. It's not a, a one-time thing. The moment you got saved, okay, my sin's forgiven, I'm going to heaven, now I can go live however I want. No, no, no. It's that growing personal walk with God where we put off the old man, be renewed in our mind, and put on the new man. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would help every one of us to recognize the work of your spirit in our lives and lord <clears throat> that we would cooperate with you i pray for individuals that have really been neglecting the renewing of their mind lord it's no wonder our we struggle with sin and attitudes because we're not combating the flesh with the Word. And so I pray that there would be a, a revival of renewing of our mind through your Word. I pray that we would see it as a joyful delight to put off the old man and put on the new. And Lord, I pray that we would rejoice in what you've done In forgiving our sins, in changing our eternal destiny, in bringing us to a personal relationship with You, and beginning a work of transformation. Lord, may even today we be transformed to Your image as we we look to You. And then, Lord, that You could use us to be an influence to others that others could come to see what Christ has done and they could come to know their sins are forgiven and have their eternal destiny changed. And so, Lord, we are unworthy and yet we look to You as the worthy one. And we look to You to do the work in our lives. Lord, Thank you that you've given us everything we need to be what you want us to be. Thank you for the part you've done, and now thank you for the responsibilities that you've given us. Lord, may you be honored as we submit to your spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together.